Ready to? Sure. You, I mean, really? I mean, this is the intro to one of the greatest shows we've ever done. Are you prepared? So, wait, well, wait when is this going to happen? Because we need to... I know we have to do this show. Well, let's just do today's intro okay, for then, today's podcast, and then we'll do the other one for the for the, the really good, good show. show. Okay, uh, some other time. Uh, here it is: a show that we did on Friday. We cover all of the bases: war in Russia, uh, Bill O'Reilly, the you know the whole Roe versus Wade thing. I've heard huh? about that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's been going on too. We talk about all of it and so much more. It's a fun Friday podcast. Here it is. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. We have uh, Jason Batrill on with us. Hello, Jason. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? I'm good. Well, I'm I'm concerned about what's happening in Russia, and yeah. I think we learned on this program. Um, who was it, Stu, that we had on? Oh, it was uh, Jack Carr. We had on earlier this week, and he dumbed it down for us. He's a fiction writer, and he dumbed down what was going on with the military in Russia, and explained they're out of troops because yeah. nobody's having babies because everybody's you know, like 50 years old and uh, a drunk. Uh, and I, I, I say that half joking. I just saw a, um, a report that, what is it? 60% of the men are alcoholics in Russia. Is that possibly true? They're like, they're just living on vodka anyway. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why they went into Ukraine and one of the reasons why Sweden and Finland are so nervous because they need to annex countries to be able to have youth to be able to fight in their military because it's getting older. Uh, they're not having children and nobody's in the military. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, and you know, there was a lot of talk uh, last week and a couple weeks ago that they were going to continue to expand. Um, many people in the media were hearing the word Transnistria all of a sudden out of nowhere, and they were becoming military experts, which I thought was pretty funny. What is ta- um, trans- Transnistria? One of the breakaway regions, uh, okay. you know, uh, similar to the one like Abkhazia over in Georgia. Okay. Um, the ones that it's it's one of those cold. It's uh, some of those like used to be kind of hot wars but are now cold wars okay. where there's just a bunch of russian troops sitting in other people's countries it's pretty crazy all right um but the problem is is that russia doesn't have the troops they don't have the equipment there's not an infinite supply of this stuff and they are losing it like you know it's a candy and a you know in a fourth graders you know classroom because uh, they, just, they they went through so many tr- the the loss of troops has been so high and yeah. there's just they're conscripting people now but they're just isn't enough people to you know have a million man army anymore right no and you're exactly right and some of the videos that i'm seeing that are coming out of russia now is you know they're transporting by rail across from siberia these world war ii era vehicles and sometimes civilian vehicles over into ukraine because they're losing so many tanks in fact this just this week they lost one of their their most advanced uh very very proud tank 
Uh, I think it's the T-91, I believe yeah. is what it is. It's their, their brand new one. They lost one of those in Ukraine, and those are severely limited. So it's hurting. Western so, supplies are hurting. Did we know this, Jason? Because Jack Carr did. I mean, he's a fiction writer. He writes about this kind of stuff. He did. He said he finds it inexcusable if we didn't know this. Well, it's interesting that, I, you know, the the Russian the, the equipment a lot of people and, and me included have been telling for a long time that Russia is not a global superpower anymore. They're a right. regional power, and they're very limited in what they can do, except That's for I, nukes. Except for nukes. Yeah, That's really okay. all they have. All right. Um, and I, yeah, I, I keep hearing people talk about you know this. There was a lot of reporting about the sinking of the Moskva, which their which is their flagship, right, in the Black Sea, which is very very significant. Because um, that was a I, that was a newer ship, the pride of of russia right yes it was yeah and um yeah and so that's a significant loss um but i i do think that russia is going to be limited in how they respond to this okay so wait a minute really- i, I, I want to get to that here in just a second um but it's important i think to set up that russia is not the superpower that we all grew up thinking they were they don't have the military they do have all of the the nukes but beyond that, they are not a superpower. They are they're outmatched by Ukraine and what we're sending. OK, um, and this is going to be a a huge, humiliating loss like what we just experienced. And we didn't lose. But what we just experienced in Afghanistan, they are being exposed now as a paper tiger. They just don't have any teeth anymore. Um, and so that makes, if it was Ronald Reagan or even Donald Trump, A, we wouldn't be in this situation. But if we were in this situation and they came into office, I could see somebody like that who understands power through strength collapse them. Would you agree with that? Expose yeah. them, collapse them. We don't have to deal with them anymore. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I, I think that and I think that Washington and the Biden administration completely shifted strategies as well on this. I think that when they saw what they were trying to do, which was take all of Ukraine and failing so miserably, they were like, let's push further and see how far we can take. OK, this. so now here's the concerning part. Yesterday, we just admitted that, yeah, we targeted the ship. We gave them all the intel. Uh, they couldn't have done it without us. Why would we do that? I don't remember. I mean. This is the way it's always been in the Cold War. They were always targeting our troops and helping the other side, et cetera, et cetera. We knew that. But I don't remember any Soviet leader going, yeah, look at us. OK, they would go. We don't know what you're talking about, but you were like, we got pictures of you. Don't know. Fake pictures. <laughs> American press, fake pictures. That's the way it used to happen. I don't know of a time that. Russia or America has ever said, yeah, yeah, our covert ops, look at this. It's so dangerous, right? It's dangerous. It's, it's, I don't know if you would call, yeah, I, yeah, I guess you can call it escalatory. It's very, very, it's different from that part right there is different from the way the Cold War wars were Correct, correct. We always had plausible deniability even if it wasn't plausible to the experts on each side, okay? Right. We didn't announce it to the world. So it is when Russia is saying, don't get involved in this war, we are already involved in this war, 
And now, yesterday, for some unknown reason, we just announced it to the press. Yeah, that was us. Okay. Because, so, well, hold on. That, that reason, I think, is important if we could stop on that for a second. Because the president of the United States has nothing to run on. Nothing. He is, his approval ratings in every category are terrible. The only one that he looks even moderately okay on is his support for Ukraine. And so I feel like the reason they're promoting this domestically and making a big deal about every little victory they can is to claim credit in the one area that's moderately yeah. po- uh, po- uh, popular. I and that's think, terrifying. I think that that is yeah. probably true, coupled with this idea from somebody that we can expose Russia and Russia will look weaker than we looked in Afghanistan. And so the world forgets about Afghanistan and goes, yeah, Russia is nothing. It's tied together, though. Yeah, it is. It is. They're, they're, it's the combination of the two, I think. Now, here's the scary part. Let me just flip the script here a bit. Let's just say that um, there was a, a Soviet pact or a Russian pact, and it included venezuela and cuba and other places in south america which we already know that's what's happening right we all know that Mm -hmm. and they decided that or there was talk that they were going to um go into uh mexico and make mexico part of that pact okay if that were happening and we had evidence of that we wouldn't do what putin did but if they were putting let's say missiles in there or whatever we would go across. We'd cross into Mexico and stop that. Okay, It would be in our best interest, I think, to do that. We would at least threaten to do it. We wouldn't have done what, what Russia did. But if the evidence were there, we would go in to destroy those things that Russia was doing. Okay, I'm just flipping mm-hmm. the, the situation. Now, if our army was so depleted... Uh, and Russia was strong and they just kept funneling money and they got other people in South America to start helping. And we had nothing. And we knew that their next thing was to invade us or we strongly suspected. And we had nothing. Wouldn't we launch tactical nukes and wouldn't the country before look before we shut the lights out on this thing? It's this is the only option we have left. We don't have the troops. We got to get them out of there. Let's scare them away because Russia's not going to launch nukes and destroy America. They want it. So they're not going to launch a full scale attack. Let's just lob a nuke in and flex our muscle and say, back off. Wouldn't we at least seriously consider that? So, Glenn, you sound exactly like the conversations from I've read from the history books from Khrushchev. Khrushchev was thinking the exact same thing Correct. in the early 1960s. Correct. He was like, I am not sending military equipment into Vietnam because I don't want another Cuban Missile Crisis on my hand. Right. I don't want to tempt the United States to start doing what you just said, sending tactical nuclear bombs, low-yield nuclear weapons. And that all ended once Brezhnev came into power in the mid-1960s. All that ended. He said, you know what? He said the same thing. He said, the United States is a paper tiger. Our equipment right now is actually more advanced than the United States was, and it was right. at the time. We had never, our pilots had never seen SAM missiles before. We had never seen them. The United States lost 2,000 or just over 2,000 military planes, including pilots, 
due to Soviet uh, surface-to-air missiles. Over 10,000 uh, Soviet troops went to Vietnam and supplied, I can't remember, it was over 2,000 tanks, Kalashnikov rifles. Their aid to Vietnam was far more than what we've given uh, Ukraine right now. This is how the Cold War era militaries right. were fought. And I think this is different than any, any place else. If we were in Afghanistan, we wouldn't have done tactical nukes if we were losing. We would just pack up and go. The American people wouldn't hear of it. Okay, but because Russia is so ingrained in us and this is a uh, a fight for global superpower status, I could see them before they step off the stage and lose. I could see them absolutely going lob a tactical nuke in. Yeah. Well, and it's part of their it's part of their doctrine. Mm -hmm. It's part of their, and that's one of the things that uh, Jack Carr probably alluded to. Yeah, is we did. kind of overstated what Gra the Gerasimov doctrine was, which was their new military doctrine. Which, as of now, looks like the Gerasimov doctrine was: let's just send over some World War II equipment and let it get blown up in the middle of mud season in Ukraine. It's pretty poor. But the end state of the Gerasimov doctrine is escalate to de-escalate, which means tactical nuclear weapons to scare everybody else off the battlefield and go, oh, let's hit the peace table and give Russia some concessions. And I have that to tell you, if you look at it from their perspective, knowing that they're exposed, they're done. They lose this, they're done. They're exposed. Um, that is, that's truly terrifying because from their perspective, it would kind of make sense. And the other side, if you take Putin out, he doesn't do it. You take Putin out, you have the chance of getting somebody who is an old Soviet kind of mindset that is like, no, you you could get somebody who's like, we are rebuilding this superpower and damn it, I'll use nukes. Yeah, I mean, you, you could, could go either way. It could go either yeah. way. It's really yeah, I, dangerous. That's the most likely outcome I see for this, because it's very easy for a group of oligarchs and some generals to blame it all on Putin and say, look, it was the crazy guy that everyone knows has brain problems and cancer. Okay, so let's just on. get rid of him. Okay, so Jason, give me um, uh, Jason, by the way, is our head writer and um, and uh, former military intel guy. Uh, and so really watches the the state of, the, of, of global politics and uh, and war. Give me the the top two scenarios that you think are most likely to happen here. Most likely scenarios, what I just said, I, I think that the only way out, I think the Russians need a way out, and I think the only way out is to quietly have Putin go away. That is the most likely, in my opinion, because it gives them an out. It says it gives them someone to blame, and uh, it says, hey, it doesn't mean, don't get me wrong, this is not going to get better. We're not suddenly going to get a Russian leader that all of a sudden agrees with the West. We are, uh, we're, we're all, we're adversaries and Russia and the Western Europe will always be adversaries, but this will ratchet it down at least for a time being. Exactly. This will okay. give them excuse for them to be able to pull back and say, okay. and kind of blame everything on him. Okay. Um, which I know he would love, uh, which makes him more dangerous. I think, uh, the, the other scenario, another scenario is, uh, well, let me give you three. So another okay. scenario would be them settling basically with Eastern Ukraine and drawing this out to a stalemate, um, basically Don't think making that's it to what happen. Yeah, basically what it was since 2014. Uh, Eastern Ukraine, they'll yep. stick with that. Next, third is probably the more scary, 
And that is this escalates to where every every Russian general is in agreement and they think the only way out is to escalate, to de-escalate. Okay. So doesn't this doesn't this make this other piece of the news that came out yesterday was Sweden and Finland said we have a guarantee from America that if we ask, we're going to be a part of NATO. That's what started all of this was just the idea that NATO was going to be expanded into Ukraine, which there was no truth to that at all. Finland is extraordinarily important to Russia. Uh, that's a major escalation, is it not? Yes, and the Finns have a very proud history of kicking the Soviet Union and Russia's butt all on their own. <laughs> yeah, I don't really think they need NATO help on this. Uh, yeah, I, I see this as more worrying than anything else because, as you said, this is exactly what they said they were trying to stop. And this um, gives Putin credibility saying, see, I told you. Of course, exactly. of course, the reason why they're just trying to jump into NATO now is because Russia decided to invade Ukraine. I mean, like they weren't planning on doing this until until Russia invaded right. Ukraine. And then they were like, wait a minute. We better freaking figure but out a you way. You don't announce it. I mean, you just don't announce it. You just if, said one day, say, by the way, we're in NATO. No, you say if this thing escalates right now, it could peter out. Hmm. Especially three days before Victory Day in Russia, where Putin's got to beat his chest about the strong rest. You don't escalate it. It's terrifying. It's uh, truly terrifying. Luckily, we have real experts at the helm. That oh, can, my my, they can grown up. walk yeah. this line grown up. perfectly. Real grown-ups. Yeah, real grown-ups. Yeah. Jason, thank you so much. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're so glad you tuned in today. Pat Gray joins us from Pat Gray Unleashed. Hello, Pat. Hello, Glenn. Uh, well, I got a press release Still. from the Babylon Bee that I think is important. In a somber press release outside the burning gates of torment and suffering, the fire god Moloch warned of a looming supply chain issue regarding <laughs> child sacrifices. Moloch added that human sacrifices, purifications, ordeals by fire, mutilations, etc., would have to cease until the supply chain shortage was sorted out through democratically violent means. My demon logistics department is reporting a supply chain shortage of children to sacrifice upon burning aisles in fiery pits, said the god of brazen gratification and hedonism. The scarcity of innocent young lives to be brutally murdered at my feet is mostly due to the Supreme Court's upcoming reversal of Roe versus Wade, led by white supremacist Clarence Thomas. <laughs> An uncomfortably large percentage of the U.S. population cried out in fear and terror at the prospects of not being able to sacrifice children of a loving Heavenly Father for their own selfish desires. Eyes rolled back in their sockets, blood-curdling screams pierced the air in the name of egomaniacal convenience. What about my career as a corporate drone who loves binge drinking on the weekends, cried one woman at the steps of the Supreme Court building while holding a protest sign reading, My body, my choice, my vanity, my career, my parties, my barren, loveless life. At publishing time, Moloch was considering the allowance of back alley child sacrifices using common household objects and horse medication. <laughs> Babylon B is so brilliant. They are. Uh, they really are. Never cease to amaze. Of course, why? 
why they're not allowed to be on social media anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're not yeah. allowed yeah. to. That's well, not that's not okay. You can't you, be funny and, no, and clever on the on the right. No, it's not allowed. Um, by the way, um, let's go back. Could we go back to this stat of alcoholism? Because I, I have a I have a theory on this because Stu, while in the last break, we were talking about Russians and the the alcoholism rate, which is really, really high. Uh, and what was the what was the stat that you found? Thir- uh, Russia's number one for male alcoholics. <laughs> okay, thirty six point nine percent of their males tied of with Russian males forty percent are yeah. alcoholics. That's yeah. crazy, right? Wow, crazy. Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's nuts. tied with Hungary at number one. Uh, but same kind of thing. So what is and number two is Belarus, by the way. <laughs> so this is so a, it's all Soviet states. Region. Yeah. Wow. So let me let me let me just uh, throw out a theory here on this. Well, no, give the other stat. Okay. Because where are Russian women? <clears throat> so women, Russia is not number one. They are number two uh, at seven point four percent. Who's number one? The United States of America. We got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got the gold women alcoholics. We're number one. So we are number one with women as alcoholics. Okay, and what is that number? Is it close? Ten point four percent. Holy cow! So to see how much of an outlier, almost every country on Earth is below five percent. There's a few uh, like Russia and uh, you know Hungary again, and uh, you know Belarus again are all in this like six to seven percent range, and then Mm. we're way up at ten. We're total outlier. What's the percentage for men in America? That's a good question. Uh, Male alcoholics. One moment. Um, United States. Here we go. Uh, 17.6. Huh. Oh, my gosh. So about half of Russia. But, yeah. And, and not nowhere. We're right in the pack. I mean, we're a little higher than than average, but, uh, you know, right. We're, okay. we're not an outlier like we so are with women. Let me ask you this. Is it possible? Is it possible? Is this a, a theory worth looking into that? In Russia, what have you done to men? You've taken the natural hunter-gatherer, I can find my own way, I can uh, build my own business, be my own man, and you've killed that. And you've so you only have the men who are subservient to the society mm-hmm. or the ones who have said I'm breaking out and they're thug, you know, killers or uh or thieves oligarchs right so there's only one two versions of a man just do what the state says or be a thug uh how many men want to live in that world they've taken and taken away the uh the real man and replaced it with the cartoon man or the the you know the one that just has to go along with everything in a, in america we are suppressing the actual and denigrating the natural woman mm-hmm. you know you can you can have a job do whatever you want but the natural woman we are we are mocking everything that they are that they are different than men that this maternal instinct that you can be a mom. Is is that possible that the reason why Russia is number one is because they've killed the man and America's number one because we're killing the woman? 
It's it it's could possible. Be, yeah, it's an interesting theory. It's mm-hmm. a it could be a I contributing think, factor. I mean, is it a sound theory? I don't. I mean, I don't know. You just presented it. I don't. I don't have any evidence to back it up. No, no, no. A, I know. That. A, I'm saying, is it a sound? Is it a sound idea that might be backed up? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I come up with some mm. questions. I mean, like mm-hmm. we, you know, European women seem to be lower on this list than than. Uh, I think we've led us. the world on this, though. Really? You know, women need a need a man like fish need a bicycle. Mm. You know what I mean? We've le- we've led the way of this this feminist, uh, Marxist, uh, you know woman they've done a, they've they've done a job on men too in this country yeah, i know so, well i know but we're we're behind yeah we're behind soviets mm-hmm. have been doing it forever yeah uh and then the russians when they took over you know they didn't go to capitalism it, it went to you know a mobocracy mm-hmm. uh and so you know we're just by i'm telling you religion is the way to go to fix all of this hmm now <laughs> some might say this would be the time that you would want to be a blaze subscriber mm-hmm. and and be watching the show instead of just listening to the show but i have no idea what they're talking about um, <laughs> i think we can i think we all know how to solve the women's issue yeah we've mm-hmm. heard a lot about it this mm-hmm. week yeah uh, that's true we sure have under so, his eye under his high. Uh, okay, so uh, Pat, welcome to the program. <laughs> What's you. the big story for you? Well, it's the same one it's been all week. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the, the response, of course, to the supposed Supreme Court decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the reaction of people like Hillary Clinton to it. Because she's terrific. She is great. Uh, and I think <gasps> I she's hope so Nika sensible. I is right because she said this might get her to run again. No, God. no, not again. <laughs> but who else do they have? Who else? Do Nobody. They... Did you hear that Kamala would not join uh, Joe Biden for a press conference because she wants to distance herself from his administration? No. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. When when Kamala's like, no, I don't want that stink on me. That's saying something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, and that's who they yeah, have, right? They, they have. That is yeah. who they have. They have the president of the United States. And Terrible. The vice president and they can't of the run States. him. They cannot run him in 2024. So, it's impossible. Let me. I think he wants to run. Though. I, of course, he wants to. I hope they he can't does. let him. They can't let him. No, I and they, and they, they can't have Kamala. They can't. Mm-hmm. She's too unpopular. She was unpopular with the Democrats. Yeah. She was the right. least popular right. of all the candidates. She was out before the. Wasn't she out before the primary started? Yeah, yeah, yeah she was yeah, out yeah, before yeah. the primary. Yeah. So I mean, she had a you know a, a run to the top of the polls uh, toward the beginning, and then that right. faded, and, and then, then she, she was just gone like, instantly. Yeah, so I have to tell you something that is just so oh so satisfying. Um, the Women's Health Protection Act, which was been going through the Senate oh, yeah. and everything else, um, and it would make abortion a statutory right. They were passing this through and it uh, talked it talked about uh, transgender men, a capacity for pregnancy with transgender men, non-binary individuals and those who identify a different gender and others. So um, uh, our good friend Chuck Schumer is removing all of that la- uh, that <laughs> yep. language now yeah, that's funny yeah uh and he says they're just marginal changes you know just to be more <laughs> inclusive 
<laughs> I thought hmm. by putting transgender non-binary individuals, that, that was, was being inclusive. more inclusive. <laughs> right. <laughs> they have to throw the trans people under the bus now because uh, they're worshiping at the altar of of abortion. And that's paramount to them. It's even It's even a little bit more important to them than the trans movement. Yeah, and it's the one they think they could take advantage of at this moment, which yes. is how they make every decision. You know, it doesn't matter. There's never a, an attempt to maintain logical consistency. It's not a priority in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just whatever they need to say today. That's why Gavin Newsom is getting in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he said, well, you know, if men could get pregnant, then they'd understand. And everyone's losing their mind. The trans people are losing their mind on him. And they have to understand they don't care about you. Yeah, right. They, they don't care about You're you at all. They've never the cared about right you. Why did you, th- why did you believe them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, um, my favorite from the week on this discussion are the videos of panicked women. My favorite said this, in case you're a man who doesn't care about Roe versus Wade, just know that if abortion gets banned, the hookup culture will be decimated. Yeah. <laughs> what woman is going to have mediocre sex with a drunk random man if he could potentially father their child? Hey, yeah. Amen. This. Amen. Like this is something that we should be like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, the hookup culture. Uh, oh, wow. We can't lose that. Yeah. Let's keep that's killing babies. That's part of the problem. <laughs> that's part of, that's yes. one of the things that maybe yes. is destroying us as a society and a culture is just like, mm-hmm. uh, I want to have sex with anybody right now. Uh, let me get on the app and see who's closest to me. <laughs> that really is it the really way is. it works right now. Yeah. Did you guys see the sex island thing going on? No. Now, I thought he was dead. No, no, that's a different island. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's more than one. <laughs> now, there's an, an event going on, and I believe it started. So, if you want to go, you'd have to, you might be a little late, but it is called Sex Island. Mm-hmm. It costs $4,500 to attend. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can go to this and have sex <gasps> with as many women as you'd like. There's a hundred, they guarantee at least two per day. Uh, and you have a hundred women there, and they will have said they're. I guess I bet they are good looking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you get to see I them the, first? Yeah, and I bet the it's guys. I bet the guys uh-huh. that are going uh-huh. good. Oh yeah, yeah. good looking. This guys. might be an yeah, island sure. we should support abortion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's kind of. I think these types of things yeah. could be problematic in a, in a post Roe versus Wade. Oh, world. that would be sad. Though I I believe Nevada will keep abortion. I'm, Mildly, mildly confident of it. (laughs) Pretty sure. By the way, CNN chairman, the new chairman says he wants to try some things in Chris Cuomo's old slot. He said, we're just going to mix it up. We're going to try some things. Mm. Try some new things. Telling the truth, accurately reporting things might be something they should try, but I... Not, not, no, not on the idea board. The I doubt it's not on the vision board right now. <laughs> so do you remember, Stu, you said MSNBC could be replaced by a random word generator? You remember saying that? Yeah. This, yeah. OK, yeah, it was yeah, last week or earlier yeah, okay. this week. I yeah, think, yeah, this week. Um, we have done a test. OK, there is smart copy, mm-hmm. the AI writer. Do you know about this? No. OK, so there is smart copy, which if you don't if you can't write, you don't write. You just put in the thing and it will randomly generate a story for you. Okay, like through so, artificial intelligence. Yes. So okay. what we started with, we said Republicans are a threat to democracy. If Ron DeSantis is elected, he's going to be much worse than Trump. Republicans live in fear, threaten the rights of LGBTQ, and are racist. So we put that into into fed smart the copy. Okay. Okay. Tell me this doesn't sound like a legitimate MSNBC story. 
Democracy has been under attack from Trump and the GOP since the moment he was elected. Ron DeSantis, who was a guest on Fox and Friends this morning, stands in line with everything we've seen out of Trump. But he'll be worse if he wins. Democracy is under attack. We have to stand up now. This is not normal. We can't keep going down this road and we can't forget what they stand for. (laughs) Republicans live in fear and threaten the rights of LGBTQ people, people of color, and of course, our civil rights. They're racist, sexist, homophobic, and everything we must fight against. Mm -hmm. At the state level, GOP governors have been enacting voter suppression laws to keep minorities (laughs) from voting, and Republicans in Congress have been putting a stop to any checks on on Trump's power. This is not normal. We have to do something about it. That could absolutely be on MSNBC right now in the prompter. That was AI generated. Wow. If they just Mm. threw a Handmaid's Tale reference in there, then it would be complete. (laughs) (laughs) You have to throw that in there. That's not a conspiracy theory. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. All right. I've been waiting to talk to you, Sheriff. I have been waiting a while. Sheriff uh, Bob Johnson is uh, is on with us now from Santa Rosa County, Florida. Sheriff, how are you? Hey, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. I have to tell you, uh, I don't know what the average person thinks, you know, especially in 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 blue states. But when I hear. Quote, if someone's breaking into your house, you're more than welcome to shoot them in our county. We prefer you do, actually. Or uh, we're hoping this will be the third strike and he'll go to prison and not get out because we're tired of dealing with him. Trying to, you know, to be honest with you, if somebody breaks into your house, you can shoot and kill them. The chances of them reoffending then are zero. And we like those odds. Holy cow, Sheriff. Nobody. A lot of people think that. Nobody says that. Well, and I can tell you what they say in blue states because I've gotten about 300 death threats since then. And which is kind of amazing. All these people who hate violence and don't want criminals to be shot, but yet they want to come here and kill me. That's kind of an oxymoron, don't you think? Wow. You've gotten a lot of death threats? Yeah, but it's all from states where you can't buy a gun anyway, so I really don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is what it is. Have you always been this way, or has our society pushed you farther in this direction? No, I got elected in 2016, and, and you know, my citizens will tell you, my press conferences can be pretty entertaining sometimes. Yeah, I bet. And uh, because I speak, I speak my mind, and, you know, it, like you said earlier, it's common sense. Somebody's breaking in your house. They're not bringing you cookies or going to give you a hug. They're coming in there to break more laws, i.e. murder, rape, or whatever. And, you know, in Santa Rosa County... A lot of our citizens have guns, and and I promote the use of them. If somebody breaks in their house, like I said in the press conference, shoot them. Yeah. We'll come in there, do the paperwork, and get it over with. It's not as though, um, you know, I mean, I, I if somebody breaks into my house, as far as I'm concerned, you know, uh, you're on my territory. You start to threaten yep. my children. You, I don't know what you're doing in the house. I warn you. And if you keep coming towards us, I will find you and I will shoot you uh, because yeah. I don't know what your intent is. I have absolutely yeah. no problem with that. However, I'm yeah. not for shooting people. There's a real difference here. And people sure. don't understand that. 
Yeah, there's a big difference. I'm not advocating people go out on the sidewalk and find people they don't like and shoot them. I mean, obviously that's against the law. But when you're in your home and somebody kicks your door in and then comes in your home, um, yeah, you shoot them. I tell you what, they do that in my house. They're going to end up a long, dark tunnel with a light at the end of it with Elvis and Grandma because I'm going to shoot them multiple times. Uh, so have you found the person as the citizen that shot this criminal and wounded him? Uh, no, no, they missed. They missed. Oh, they, they missed. Wounded. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said that uh, press conference, you know, come take our class. You will make you more accurate. Next time you'll hit them. So how did you know that someone shot but didn't know who it was. Did the criminal say? Yeah, no, no. What happened was we had about 20 deputies out there and they were on a perimeter and they were closing the perimeter in as we got reports of where he was at. And then one of the officers on the perimeter said shots fired, multiple shots fired. Um, and none of our deputies shot. So obviously it was a homeowner. And shortly after the, the uh, gunshots, we saw him going over a privacy fence into the next yard where he kicked in another door, and that's where we cornered him in a bedroom. Holy and then God. he jumped out the window, and they caught him in the backyard. And so this uh, community member who had the burglar in his house and shot and missed didn't right. want to identify himself, and you think it was for fear of he thought he was going to get in trouble? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's I'm assuming that yeah. because they didn't come forward. I'll tell you right now, obviously, you know, as I said in the press conference, you know, you're not in any trouble. I mean, you, you're more than welcome to protect yourself and your family in your own home. That's just common sense. So that's got to be wildly different because I, I know when I lived in Connecticut uh, and I went through gun safety uh, classes, you know, you call 911 and you put the phone down and you make sure you're announcing you're afraid for your life, yada, yada, because you'll be in court for a year if you shoot, right. if you shoot somebody. Um, right. not, not that way in your county? No, not that way in my state. You know, we have a great governor who supports law enforcement. And, um, you know, we as long as you're legally allowed to possess a gun, you know, and you're in your own home, you don't have a duty to retreat. Somebody kicks in your door, um, you know, and they're coming at you. You can shoot and kill them and you are perfectly within your rights to do so by Florida law. I have to tell you this because I, I talk to sheriffs here in, in Texas and we have most of them are just like you. I mean, the big cities now, they're just they're becoming crazy. Um, but right. uh, they're just like you. And this this spirit used to exist everywhere in America. And it's yeah, it's remarkable to me that you stand out in a country full of sheriffs, which are you are our last defense when it comes to our rights. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, constitutional officers, you know, our fundamental responsibility is a protection of our citizens. Everything else is second. So, and when you have somebody kick in your door, and we have a great response time here in Santa Rosa County, we really do. It, for a hot call, what we call a hot call, some burglary in progress or whatever, it's three to five minutes. And that's pretty quick if you look at the national average. Oh, yeah. But what can happen in three to five minutes? A lot. A lot. A lot. Yes, a lot. That's why we have our homeowners. We, we tell them, please arm yourselves. Come take our safety class. Make sure you're safe with the weapon and know how to store it, keep it away from kids. But when you need it, you can access it and take care of business. It is, um, it's remarkable to me, most people don't know, the term first responder began in the, uh, in the uh, sorry, Carter years, under the Carter administration. Um, and it was intentionally put there 
to make sure that people didn't feel like they were the first responder. But right. that, but we are. We call you oh, yeah. for backup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not to Correct. cower in our house. Right. Right. And like I said, three to five minutes, you say great response time. But in three to five minutes, if you come in a home and you have a weapon, I mean, you can kill five, six, seven people in that time frame before we get there. Well, only if you have a weapon of war that has more than one shot. And I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's amazing, too. That's another thing on gun control. So they think that's the only law criminals will abide by. if We say you can't have guns. No, they'll abide by that one. Yeah, no, it, it, you know, it makes me nervous The what we're doing with ammunition, um, yeah. the uh, the Biden administration, uh, not, separate and apart from the the uh, uh, boycott that we have on Russia with oil. This is separate and apart. This started before it. We've banned all Russian um, uh, ammunition in America, which is the number one kind of ammunition for, you know, going out and at a shooting range. Uh, and 40% of all of our ammunition comes from Russia. He's banned it for separate reasons, uh, and that scares me because if you do have a gun, you should be practicing. You should be shooting it. You don't want to pick it up and not feel comfortable with it in your hand. Well, Glenn, you better calm down now. You're making sense. You don't want a Democrat <laughs> calling you with that threat, so... It's incredible. But, um, yeah, no, I agree 100%. You know, you, you need to practice with them, and that's why we put on this class. It was every other Saturday. Now we're doing it. We've had such a demand. We're doing it every Saturday now um, for our citizens. It's free of charge, and we're going to try to get as many of them spun up on how to handle a weapon as we can so they can protect themselves, and we're proud of that fact. In Sa Santa Rosa County, what, what cities are in your county that we might know? Um, Gulf Breeze, Navarre, Milton. Um, we're right in between Pensacola and Destin on the Gulf Coast. Okay. Yeah, you're in the same part of, of Florida. You yeah, know. we call it God's country. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Sheriff. Keep up the good work. Thank you for having me. You Take bet. care. Bye-bye. Uh, that is uh, Sheriff Bob Johnson uh, from uh, Florida. Please find out who your sheriff is. You know, when you go to vote and it just says sheriff for my whole life, I was like, I, I don't know. It matters. These are the guys. They are constitutionally elected. They don't report to anyone but the voters, according to the Constitution. And so when there is a real problem, it will be the sheriff that will that will rule over your county that will either keep you free and safe or not. I have a sheriff in my county and I've said to him, what happens if they ban guns and they come for guns? You know, I don't think that's going to happen. But then again, I didn't think Roe versus Wade would ever be even argued, uh, let alone uh, repealed. And he said, well, that's when I deputize every single citizen in the county and you better have a gun. Uh, that's the kind of sheriff that you need. One that knows the Constitution and knows their role as a sheriff. Da, da, da.